I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast as we crawl to the finish line. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric Labou. Uh, we are highly motivated to try to get this hour out of the way because, uh, Eric, it has been a brutal second half, but we're only like five weeks away. Yeah, we're, we're getting to the point, and, and I was sitting there yesterday, and I'm like, fuck, I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like, well, we're doing a podcast every other week. How many more of these fucking things do we have? <laughs> <laughs> And it's not because it's not because I don't enjoy doing the podcast because I do, but it's just like this team, like it's the same shit all the time. Like they've run un- out of steam. Yeah, like they're yeah. underperforming. Like we're gonna argue about Mejia and, and Hedges, which we can't do anymore because Mejia's hurt. Um, you're gonna argue about um, France uh, Urias, is France the new one. Like there's all kinds of shit, and it's just like God, like this team sucks. <laughs> like they suck, and it's so hard to watch them. And like just watching them, it's. It almost seems like they're moping around on the field, just like they lack uh, they lack energy. I wonder if Andy could be any worse than he is right now. <laughs> it is September, dude, so we'll we'll find out. But I was sitting there with my wife the other day, and we're watching the game, and, and she goes, she's like, "Do you think that there's people on the team that are just really looking forward to the season being over?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, absolutely." Yeah. She's like, "Who do you think feels that way?" I was like, "Well, where do we start?" <laughs> I was like, "How much time do you have?" Manny and Hosmer, I think, are just like, yeah. "Fuck, dude." And, and the thing is, like, they say all the right things. Manny's well, been yeah. excellent when it comes to that, as yeah. far as saying the right things. Like he said the other day, "Hey, we need to play these games with some purpose because next year we're hopefully, you know, yeah. we're going to be in it at this time." And these People games didn't get are mad this something. time, and they got mad when he said, "Oh, maybe, maybe we'll shoot for the wild yeah. card." They didn't get mad this time. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so like he says shit like that, but you. No, dude. He's probably looking like yeah. I mean, all right. I'm sure he's thinking like, hey, you know, I want to finish strong and this and that. But he's also feeling like, God, it's been such a long fucking year. I'm just ready yeah. for the year to be over. Exactly. Especially because like it'd be different. I think now. Granted, they are ten games better this year than they were last year. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> no, it, doesn't. it really does. I was stunned to find that out. Yeah. So they are. I mean, just by natural progression with younger guys, better pitching, Lauer and Lucchese kind of you know holding steady. Like they are and having full seasons. They are better this year than they were last year, but you're right. It doesn't feel like it because they're not. It's not like they're within like 500, right? I mean, they'd have to go on a fucking tear, which won't happen. No, it won't because they just don't have the reinforcements anymore. I think I just think it's a young team out of gas. But you're right. It feels like last year we're just like fuck. It's finally almost over. We're not going to play spoiler. The Dodgers are going to come hammer us again yeah. when they come back to town. The Diamondbacks put a whooping on us last night. Poor Javi Guerra. I feel so bad for him, but. It's just like we're back to that like, ah, I'm out of gas. I'm just, I'm out of it. I'm ready to go home. Well, if you kind of, if you think back. Is it the ninth inning yet? How many outs? How many (laughs) outs are there? Yeah, I mean, exactly. But if you think back and H.J. Preller has all the receipts, of course. So if you think back to beginning of the season and everyone was really excited, you know, when Tatis broke camp, we signed Machado, of course. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic and hopeful. And I kind of look back and I'm thinking to myself, and I don't remember. I'm, I'm sure HJ will throw it in our faces, what, what we yes. said back in the day. But I thought that a, a run at the wild card wasn't out of the question. No, I feel like that was a lot of people's... At the very idea. least, I yeah. thought they would be 500. I thought, given health, I thought, given health and development, they could be a 500 team. So my question is, where did it go wrong? So a couple of things. Number one, 
We had Ian Kinsler negating everything Greg Garcia eventually did because they gave Kinsler basically a month and a, I feel like a month, month and a half. Okay, so that's on Andy. So that's on Andy and partly the front office because True. they brought Rios up and they put him back down. True. Um, not allowing Mejia to play regularly. Now, we have said, like, we want Mejia all the time, but with the way that teams construct their catching situations now, like, a lot of teams have two basically starting catchers, and they'll go 60-40 or 50-50. We were okay with 60-40, but it was 60-40 hedges. Yeah. <laughs> and now, when he came back, it was 60-40 Mejia. Surprise, surprise, that worked out pretty well. Right. Um, but that's part of it, too, is that, like, uh, Hedges was getting the bulk of playing time, then Mejia went down, and it was basically just Hedges all the time, right? Like, Austin Allen didn't do much in his time up here. I believe played even less than Mejia. But so Hedges brings a lot of value. He does, but he also brings a lot of outs. He brings an ex- he brings a lot of value in one really extreme way that only helps you in one aspect, but doesn't help you in the other. I would rather have a mediocre defensive catcher who can hit than an amazing defensive catcher who has no other tools. Okay, so where else did it go? It's like Hedges is the Billy Hamilton of defensive catchers. Right. I mean, we we get it, and we've gone through this a whole lot. Um, But like, where else did it go wrong? So Will Myers not only taking a step back, but being plugged into center field for some ungodly reason. Like, I was thinking about this on the way here of like talking about because I have a question for you later about Andy Green. But I was like thinking about like, you know, statistically speaking, like ERA is an okay metric, but when you think about it, like you can have a really shitty defense. And your ERA could look bad, but it may not be that bad if you have, like... Like, when your outfield, and I love Fran Norez, but when your outfield is Hunter Renfro and left, okay, cool, that's good. That's real good this year. That's great this year. Hmm. Myers in center and Renfro and right? Fuck! <laughs> right? Like, Reyes, yeah. Yeah, like, those are, you know, those are, like... I think about, like, ERA and think, like, damn, if I'm a pitcher, like, I gotta strike everybody out or get the ball on the ground because if it's in the air... Two out of three, you know, two out of three out there probably aren't going to make a play. True, right? And so that's where things can go wrong. You've got guys playing out of position, uh, Myers specifically playing a position he has no business in. Like we know Myers can't play center, and he didn't fucking hit at all, right? So that's part of it. Um, and this is a really taboo topic. Eric Hosmer not really taking a step forward like he's been. Overall, value-wise, pretty much what he was last year. A little bit better, but not not significantly so where it's like, oh, hey, he had a big year, right? Like, he had a big step forward. Well, Coach Contera today said that he had a great, you know, he's had a great year. Counting Huge step forward. forward. Huge step forward, says uh, yeah. Coach. Yeah, Coach Freddie Galvis has hit more home runs than uh, than uh, Eric Hosmer, last I checked. Or yeah. at least as many. Yeah, And uh, Freddie Galvis got DFA'd. And he has defensive value. I, I, honest to God, like if, I, if you'd have told me we are going to have Kinsler open the year instead of... Uh, Instead of Urias and that Tatis would be opening at short, I'd be like, why don't we just go give Galvis a contract and let him be the starting second baseman? Yeah. And we can just have him and Garcia floating all over the infield. Well, it's like Galvis I, could probably play center, honestly. Oh, God. I, I guess kind of my, <laughs> my point is, is like, we can point to, hey, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong, but maybe they're just not that good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I mean, they're just not that good. It was going to take a lot to get to, it was going to take a lot, right? I think I mentioned Puncher's Chance. At a wild card. Because yeah. it could have happened, right? Like, that's what the Braves had last year. They had a lot come together. Well, um, kind of what gives me hope for next year, and they have a long way to go. But if you take... So, looking at the bullpen, if you take Kirby out of the bullpen, their value is trash. Especially like the, the first half. sucked. The first half, yes. Yes, they have sucked this year. They were and, terrible. And, and again, that's taking Kirby out of the equation. And I'm looking, I'm like, fuck, dude. And then it's like, well, next year... It is looking like they're going to have a better bullpen. So they have a better bullpen that, that now. That gives me hope. Yeah, they have yeah. a better bullpen now. But 
I'm just looking at it and I'm kind of like, how do we get from where we're at right now to where we want to be? And where we want to be is contention. And it's kind of like... Wild card at the least. Well, at the at the very least, at the minimum. I mean, people have said it before. Anything less than a World Series is a failure. Absolutely. But Every team except for one fails. But that's the bigger picture At goal, some but. point, this rebuild has to pay off with the World Series. Mm-hmm. Or we're fucked. Like, if it doesn't pay off with the World Series, what's the point? I agree with you. What's the point? I agree with you. But I don't think they're going to make a World Series the first year. I got Cubs, Astros, Braves. Those are teams that went real deep So is deep this on. the first year or is next year the first year? Um, I feel like next year was always the first year. Now, there have been, and thank you, HJ, for keeping receipts because there was a nice-spirited uh, thread going on Twitter that I was in last night about, like, when really was the window? Because I, I don't listen to, like, Darren, like, I'm always working. Like, when Darren Smith is on, right, and they'd have guys come on. Or in the morning when they'd have guys come on. I'm always at work, so I don't hear these interviews. But apparently, it was more D, Fowler, and Seidler who was, like, 2018, 2019. You know, they were kicking those numbers around. Because I'm thinking, like, logic. Seidler in particular. Yeah, logically speaking, right? Let's just take all whatever they said out of there. And let's look at the timeline. AJ Preller's hired at the end of 2014 uh, on the premise, uh, at the last minute, I might add, on the premise of... I can build a contender, but if I don't, I can turn it around and rebuild quick because of whatever they ship out and bring back in. I can turn those into more assets. Okay, great. So 2015, you wipe out. That's not a part of the rebuild. I know people think, oh, he's been here for five years. It's like, yeah, but 2015 was a little bit different because that was a win-now move. I don't count that towards rebuilding. I don't really count 2016 really towards rebuilding because they kind of just retooled a little bit, right? Like there weren't... They weren't a prospect-heavy team that year, and they hadn't traded off a lot of assets. All they really traded was Kimbrel. That was it. And they replaced him with Fernando well, and they, Rodney. they signed, like, half of the As Dominican of Republic. June, yes. Once the, once the amateur draft, the July 2 international came, and then the deadline, to me, that's when... Like, they were planning, obviously. But that's when the rebuild started. That's when we're going to flip So they've Rodney been rebuilding for two and a half years. Essentially, yes. In your opinion? Yes. Okay. Just based on the timeline of events, right? Because they didn't ship off Shields. They kept Shields. I firmly believe if Shields had performed well, they would have held on to him a little bit longer, or they wouldn't have taken such a massive, massive hit on his contract to get who they got, which worked out great. But I do think that was like, that's what, to me when the rebuild really started, is when they started flipping assets in 2016, halfway through the year. So if you look at it, realistically speaking, unless you were going to rebuild the way the Diamondbacks look to be doing, where they trade Goldschmidt and get a couple of like very soon prospects, like high floor, moderately high ceilings, but higher floor prospects that will come in this year. They flip Granky for guys they can plug in this year and next year. They made some trade with another team, I forget who it was, to trade prospects. But, like, it's a closer prospect. Like, unless you're going to rebuild that way, which I think would work, or like the A's do, mm-hmm. where they get close assets. You know, they don't go for the, the risky guys. They get the guys they're going to plug in in a year or two from now. Um, unless you're going to go that route where you can turn it around in a year or two, like, it's going to take three, four years. So... To me, the timeline so of So now it is, you're saying 2022. No, 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 no. No, no, no. As in, like, starting to compete, I thought it'd be this year. It didn't okay. work out for a number of different reasons. Okay. It didn't work. They looked pretty good in the first half. I think they just ran out of steam, and there were other factors involved that they couldn't outplay. Like, they can't outplay that bad bullpen. The bullpen's better now, but part of that is because Strom failed as a starter, which killed them because that killed their depth chart. So they had to move him into the pen. He's been better. Obviously, Baez coming up has been great. Munoz has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, Perdomo has seemed to have finally yeah. found a spot. True. So, like, all, but all that stuff happened afterwards, like when they started running out of steam. So, um, Paddock has not been the same guy, obviously. Nope. Great start in San Francisco, but he looks like he's getting... Running out of gas. He looks like Matt Latos 2010. You know, yeah. it's like the stuff is still there, but 
he's missing over, like he's grinding through starts, right? And not grinding through the fifth or sixth things. Like he's grinding from the first inning on. So mm-hmm. um, to me, realistically speaking, like 2019 should have been a progressive uh, year. And it has been. They're better than they were last year. There's a lot to, uh, good to take away. To me, next year, it's like if they're not competing for a wild card, head's got to roll. I'm 50. Whose head is rolling? Number one, I think Andrew Green's coming back despite us not liking it. You think Green's coming back? Here's why. We just hired Joe Madden on our last podcast. We did, but we're unfortunately not working for the Padres. (laughs) They have yet to open up a Padres Twitter analytic division. Hmm. Um, Thank God for that. (laughs) Thank God for that. So I want to hire Joe Madden, or at least somebody. I threw Edwin uh, Rodriguez's name in there a second ago. Uh Um, So, or uh, on Twitter earlier, but... I do think Green will be back, and it's a couple of reasons. Number one, I think they do like Andy Green. And number two, um, there's not really a lot. Like, like when Bud Black was here in 2015, it felt like, did he better win or he's going to get canned? Like, the vibe felt different. Right. And they were really quick to fucking can his ass. They haven't been with Green. They seem to just kind of be like, that's our guy and whatever. Like, it feels different than it did when Bud Black was getting closer to... Well, also, they didn't hire Bud Black. No. Well, Fowler... Fowler wasn't with the ownership group that did. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I understand. But it doesn't feel the same. It felt like Bud Black's on the hot seat because they said, like, we finally got Buddy some players. Right? And it's like, well, he didn't do... Not his fault, but he didn't do shit with him, so he was gone. Right? It doesn't feel like they're using Green in that way this year. I think that's going to be the method next year. It's like, okay, you've had... you got a full season once again with Tatis. You're getting a full season with Paddock. You know, you've got... All these other guys who are supposed to be developing under your watch, if you're not competing by mid-break, like by mid-season, you're gone. But I think they're going to use that to scapegoat him to buy Preller, for Preller to buy himself another year. That's what I was thinking Self, about it. Self-conservation, as H.J. Preller put it. But that's why I'm thinking Green can be back. Because if Preller brings him back and says, hey, I gave him all this, like he's not doing it. So we got to get somebody else who better understands our approach and our methods. Well, they can probably see right now that he's not going to be the guy. I can tell you right now he's not the guy and at this Everyone point. can see yeah. it. And it's, so it's like, why bring him back? Like If you bring him back and you shit-can him halfway through the season next year, your whole season is fucked. Unless you're counting on bringing in an interim guy. At that point, who's available? Is Brahas going to take over and take us to the promised Maybe. land? Maybe. Probably not. But it's like yeah. bringing a guy in midway through the season to completely change everything. I'm not sure that before. I like that approach. Who's the guy managing the uh, managing the Cardinals? I don't know his name. But they, they that was the guy that took over for Matheny when they canned Matheny halfway through the year. Okay. They, they won. <laughs> and they've been winning. Like, they've been good since. So... Yeah, but are we the Cardinals? No, we're not. No, we're the fucking Padres. Nothing ever works out for us. (laughs) Nothing works out for us. You know it. This is a fair point. Um, But I can see Preller coming back next year with Green and being like, you got to win this year. Like, this is it. If you're not, if if we're giving you all the pieces, you have all these prospects, it's your job to develop. Um, And if you don't win, I think they're going to scapegoat Green. And call it a day and then bring somebody else in. Whoever that may be. Edwin Rodriguez, Rob Ross, whoever. Moises Alou has been gaining some Padres Twitter traction of late. I saw um, Josh Bard, too. I really, about. really I, like Josh Bard. I liked a lot of what I read in that thread. I wasn't contributing because I thought I had nothing outside of yeah. lame dick jokes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to contribute, but I was watching. I was, I was a big-ass fly on the wall for he that He speaks thread. Spanish. Yeah. He speaks Spanish. Here's the thing, like, why I wanted to throw Edwin Rodriguez's name in there. Number one, we've met him, and he's a really nice guy. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Yeah, he was. But here's the other thing. He's managed from the bottom of the organization up, and he's he's now in AAA. And if you're trying to go, all oh, the rookie manager, like, he managed at the major league level. He managed the Marlins roughly True. a calendar year. Um, he brought a pretty, 
young team that had like Stanton and uh, fucking Ugla. And I think, I don't know, did Stanton ever play with Hanley Ramirez? I feel like he did. But nonetheless, um, like he had a young team and got them to 500. And I think the second year he was there, uh, he got them within six games. But it's like he's he's managed in a position where he's got young guys. He's trying to transition them. He's managed from a developmental standpoint in the minor leagues. And he's an internal hire that speaks Spanish. And to me, your manager has to be an extension of the front office and their their thought process and their methods and their approach. I don't know if Andy Green is an extension of the Potters front office. I feel like Andy Green would be like... All that we've heard is that yeah. Green is the, the, the puppet for them. Yes. Everything Green is doing is what they ask him to do. John Conniff says that all the fucking time. Has, what has Andy done that the front office hasn't wanted him so, to do? Well, let me ask you this question, because this got brought up in a Periscope Keith Law did, because I threw, I threw a question in there, and it got he answered it. Uh, but I said, like, should the Padres fire Andy Green? And I don't know if he was as more of a defense or just questioning, like, why would they fire him? Like, he said the same thing. What has he done? Like, what has he done to, to question his job? Like, you know, his job is to develop guys. I'm like, that's a really good question. Who has Andy Green developed? <laughs> I don't know. I Name one, like Hedges, not Develle, right? Hedges is like Hedges is what exactly he was like, what his floor was. Borderline starting catcher at best, who's amazing defensively, but isn't going to hit enough. The only reason you could argue Hedges is good enough to start is because fan graphs and baseball perspectives factor in fan graphs to their wins above replacement model. Framing, framing excuse me. They, they factor in framing, which to me, I think framing is valuable, but it's also dependent on the umpire. So you're trying to influence an That's umpire. a huge variable. It, it is a huge variable, but the biggest thing is like, I like analytics because it it identifies individual performance, right? It isolates individual performance. When that performance framing can be influenced by an outside source, the umpire, because it is partly dependent on the umpire and how much you can trick him into thinking it was a strike, it's still a valuable stat to know, but I don't think it should factor or factor that heavy to make it seem like, Hedges is a three-win player. When you told me that Keith Law said that, I started to rethink my entire life. <laughs> yeah, he went on the Periscope and said, like, yeah, it's a valuable stat, but I don't think it should be factored into war, or at least not as heavily. And I agree with that. Like, it should be a factor, yes, but it shouldn't It shouldn't turn a guy who's 60% below a league average hitter into a, like, three-win player, right? Because that's, like, that's what I want Margot to be. Like, that's really what Margot has been pacing for ever yeah. since he's reemerged, right? Uh, but back to the question, right? So let's see. Who did Andy Green who did Andy Green develop? Hedges has not panned out. Like, I mean you can argue that all you want, but like he's basically at his floor. An excellent defensive catcher who can't hit. Hunter Renfro has not developed. Nope. He's the same fucking guy he was in 2017 when he came up. Me swing hard, maybe hit ball, go far. Well, to your credit, you're like, he's the exact same player, but he's hap- he is just happening to hit more balls over the fence. He was. Now he's not. Yeah, he was. His yeah, approach and fucking, just like I called it. Yeah. You can, the, the biggest problem with Renfro was approach. He doesn't have, I feel like him and Hedges have the same, like, hey, we've got pop, so hopefully we'll just barrel one. Yeah. But that's it. They swing at everything. Like, I look at, uh, Margot's been very impressive late, but even then, like he had 500 at bats or plate appearances last year. He didn't develop at all. Like he took a step backwards. And this year, like he basically had to had to rely on Will Myers like sabotaging himself to get back in the lineup because Myers was getting a lot of plate appearances in center field to start. Margot, despite being, I'm pretty sure he's not been on the IL this year, being healthy all year, is not going to clear the 500 plate appearance threshold. Despite being the best defensive outfielder they have. Yeah. Strictly because he can play center really well. Like, StatCast out above average loves Margot. 
but he has as many plate appearances now as Travis Jankowski finished all of last year. Like, that's unacceptable. Yeah. That's not acceptable. By the way, when you laughed, like, two minutes ago at the Keith Law thing, yeah. the it totally fucked up the recording to where it stopped. <laughs> so it probably skipped. Oh. And so I don't know. what. And I, you know what? To be honest, I don't care enough who to cares? go back and who fix cares it. at this point? But... Yeah, that's a good question. As far as who, like who, who is Green like, like developed, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. And then I look at the way that that um, Urias is being kind of toyed around, pushed around. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know, man. Like I, I don't know the thing. Um, I don't know what to think about it. To be honest, like the Urias situation is what's really, really got me thinking. It's very divided on, on Twitter. It's super divided. And like. I don't understand where we're at now to where a guy that has 200-something plate appearances or at-bats, it's like, oh, man, there's real cause for concern. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, he's tw- what, what is he, 22? <laughs> like, come on, dude, and there's cause for concern. Get the fuck out of here. Like, who else is going to be an option? Ty France? Like, if, if the team sits there and they're like, oh, hey, you know what? I think that based off of this handful of games where Ty France is starting to hit the ball well, I think all the of a sudden... The last three games? I think all of a sudden he deserves to be the guy at second base. Like, if they make that decision, that's very worrisome for me. It is. It's a great way to sabotage your rebuild. You're fucking yourself if you do that. Everyone knows Ty France... Ty France is not going to be anything more than backup depth. He is young. Hermes Solarte. He's a platoon player. Now you have half of Padres Twitter. Like, oh, oh God! This is my second baseman. I don't know about Urias. It's like, how fucking stupid are we? It's, like, how stupid are we? And this is Seriously. not the shit on Ty France. Like, I like Ty France. Like, I think he's... I, I, I just mentioned the Solarte comp. You can stick him at second. You can stick him at third. He'll play respectable enough. Like, he won't embarrass you. And he's got some punch he's going to hit. Like, him hitting in AAA to me is not impressive. Everybody hitting AAA. It's yeah. great that he hit 399. He won the MVP. Wonderful. But to me, it's like... Wonderful. That doesn't. Uh, that doesn't. Uh, that doesn't. That doesn't hold that much weight to me when he's 24, 25 years old. Like, exactly. Let's be honest. He's too old for the level. Yeah. Like basically, he, he is a college draftee who is playing at, at age 24 and Congrats 25. Congrats on doing what yeah. you should be doing. Yeah. It's it, like it's like when Hedges catches like a an 80 mile an hour fucking cement up. mixer and just crushes it. <laughs> hey, golf clap. Congrats, guy. You did your fucking job. You know. And, and again, like not to hate on Ty France. He's solid, but it's like. He's a Ty France. If we didn't have Machado, I'd have been all for running him out there 500 times this year. If we didn't have Machado, of course, you know. And but, but it's like, look at where but, you're at now. But is the, is Ty France a guy that you're gonna that you feel comfortable giving five six hundred plate appearances to on a team that is planning on contending and winning the World oh, Series? Oh, absolutely. Is not. that a guy at second base? No. So then, why the fuck is he playing there? Absolutely why is he not. playing there? Like you look at it now, and and they have Urias at second base, and it's just like, oh hey, like yeah, he played er, at short. Excuse me, he played short down in El Paso, and from everything that we've heard from people that watched him, he did fine, and that's great. But there's no pressure is he on him. Be a shortstop. No. no, he's gonna be our second baseman. The plan is that he's gonna be our second baseman. So guess what? Fucking put him at second base. Agreed. Tatis goes down. Guess what? You have Machado. Put him over there. Put yeah. Ty France at third. Like I, I get, and we kind of said like, oh hey, you know, it shows the versatility. It kind of builds their value. Well, guess guess what? It's not working. It's not fucking working. Okay, like you need to put Urias at second base. Put him out there. Sink or swim. Don't fucking change a thing. This season is done. It's done. It's toast. And it's just like. You need to roll with this. These guys need reps. And, like, you look at it now, it's like, Urias is struggling. Yes, okay, he is. He's also playing out of position. Like, he's not. And he's had 200 plate appearances. Exactly. Like, if, Guess if, what? Guess what rookies do? They fucking struggle. They struggle. This is the it problem. It happens. This is why Tatis is a blessing and a curse. He was so fucking good. 
immediately a superstar right. that we forget, like, did sometimes it takes some fucking time. Like, it takes time. Urias, when you look at... That's why I like fan graphs, right? Like, you look at fan graphs as 2080 scale. They have a nice page. You can Google it. Mm-hmm. And they tell you this is what 2080 means when you're a pitcher or a position player. France rates as a 40. He might be a 45 after AAA this year. Who knows? whoop do you do But he's a 25-year-old, basically bench-slash-platoon guy. Right. That's what he is. And, and that's all he ever will be. Probably. And Fucking I, Padres for him. <laughs> Ty France, 2020 Max Muncy. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. See, here's the thing. It's like, and thank God, I've, I felt so validated when David J backed me up on this yesterday. Uh-huh. But like I mentioned, like the idea of accumulating, like you want, if you're, if you're the Padres or just building a system, you want to grab as many fucking 50 and up future value guys as you can. Because those are the stars, right? That's what the Dodgers do. Yeah. Like, Gavin Lux is blocked, yep. technically. Right? So, like, the idea is like, okay, well, maybe that means we don't trade Edwards. But all those 40 to 45 guys, yeah, fuck it. Like, dump those guys because those are the guys who maybe, like, one might hit. And David J even said, like, yeah, you know, you have – if you have enough guys who are 40 value, some of them are going to hit and turn into everyday regular major leaguers. Right? Some of them are going to hit. Maybe France is one of those guys. That'd be great. But – we shouldn't be sacrificing that for fucking Urias, who rates as overall an above-average fucking player. Like, his yeah. ceiling is above-average. It's not average. It's above-average. This fucking kid has a damn 65-hit tool ceiling. Why are we passing on that? I don't know. And I'll, and I'll be honest. I'm no fucking hitting expert. But I YouTube a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I, mean, I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, he's not hitting the ball at the authority. His swing does look long. It doesn't look loopy. I think swings naturally look loopy. But... His swing does look long. He does loft a lot of balls the other way, which indicates, from my studies on YouTube, long swing, you know, not barreling up or not timing it right, not catching the ball out front. Right. You know, and that's fine because that's mechanical. You can fix that. And maybe he does need a little bit of a swing overall to work underneath a little bit more, barrel up, catch the ball out in front, whatever he needs to do. But I'm not giving up on a 65-hit tool on a guy who's got a pretty solid arm. Yeah, he plays... If you look at defensive run saved, he's pretty solid at short, minus all the fucking throwing gaps. Mm-hmm. He's pretty solid over there. And you're supposed to have him at second base, which means he's probably really good at second, right? It's like, imagine we put Galvis, who's pretty solid at short. He's probably a great fucking second baseman. Yeah. So I'm not giving up on that for Ty fucking France, Mr. Let me throw 10 fucking 40 future values out of there because one might be a major league regular. Yeah. And it's... I like France. I think you can, I think they can coexist, but. I'm not fucking sacrificing Urias playing him out of position in a spot I have no intention of playing him long term. Fucking stick Greg Garcia over there. Exactly. That's, dude, I could That's what Garcia's job is. Stick yeah. his ass over there. Exactly. And if you want to get, like, if there's, like, a tough lefty or if there's, like, hey, you know what, we're going to give Urias a day and, like, somebody else's team's Eric Lauer is pitching, fucking go get him, France. Yeah. Go fucking get him. Yeah. Stick France in the outfield. There's plenty of spots in the outfield that we don't have any fucking answers at. Now, I will say, for those people that are like, man, I've been watching Urias, and it's, God, it's frustrating. It is. It is frustrating. It's annoying. Yes, it is frustrating. But you know what's even more frustrating is seeing half my fucking timeline ready to give up on this fucking kid. After 200-something at-bats. Like, that is ridiculous, dude. And it's just like, I see it, and for me personally, and I tend to think I'm very impatient, just overall, in, you? A, in a lot of things. No. But if you're sitting there before a thousand, I, I want to see a thousand plate appearances. Agreed. That's my cutoff. 800 to a thousand, I think it's fair. If you're at a thousand, that's when I've pretty much drawn my conclusion. And if me, as impatient as I am, if I'm able to say, all right, just give him a thousand, and whatever happens, happens. Like, let him work through it. 
If I can do that, I don't understand why other people can't do it. Because... How, like... What which organization that's successful gives up on those types of players? None. Like there's none. Not the and, good ones. And I know like Padres Farm, he loves to say, like, hey, prospects bust. Like it happens. And I'm like, what's more likely a guy that has been by all outlets considered to be a solid above average top regular yeah. top one hundred, what's more likely for him to bust or a guy like Ty France to essentially come out of nowhere and be twenty twenty Max Muncy? Dan Ugla. <laughs> I'm gonna take yeah. my chances with yeah. Luis with Luis Urias. Yeah, I'm is, taking my chances is with France him. More more likely to be Dan Ugla, who was a Rule 5 pick that came out of fucking nowhere and put up, like, I don't know, three or four All-Star seasons before fucking tanking? It's not going to happen. Or is it more likely that Arias turns into, like, DJ LeMahieu because that's pretty much what his ceiling is? Maybe a little bit better. Like, it's probably more than likely that when you have a large group, a large contingency of people saying this, who are qualified professionals saying the same thing, they're probably right, right? It's like movie reviews. People hate movie reviews. Well, right. I'm sorry. These guys get paid to give their reviews. If you have a large fucking group of them saying similar things, they're probably right. Yeah. They're probably they're more than likely to be right than the couple of outliers who think he's gonna bust. Right? Like the the Canyon Side Cages guy, right? Oh, put put fucking France in there over Urias, his swing would work. I have no doubt France's swing would work at the major league level. I don't think France can run the bases. I don't think he can play second base defense. No. I don't think he's got a great as good a hit tool as Urias. Urias is like one of those guys that's like, he goes into, it's, he's fucking Rizzo without the pop. He's the guy who's like, he's got this long fucking swing. Somebody else gets him. Hey, let's change this. Rizzo was, he went the uh, Doug Ladder out. Let's lower your hands. Let's get him a little bit, you know, more adjacent to your body and try to work out in front and underneath. And lo and fucking behold, he was a fucking star as soon as he landed in Chicago. The minute they crawled him up, it's like, oh, this guy can fucking hit. What are the Padres thinking? Bah! Imagine that. Imagine that. It's it's almost like... it worked up. I'm going to rip your blinds out. <laughs> everyone's looking. It's like, wow, where do we make upgrades and where do we improve to make this team better? And really, a swing change at second base and a swing change at first base can provide a lot more value next year. Like, I, I look at Urias and it is kind of concerning. Like, you hear the whole, like... It's, I feel like it's still not clear to me. Like, we've talked with Conniff. We've been talking on Twitter with everyone ad nauseum, and we've heard different reports. Like, I still don't know. Did the Padres ask him to hit for more power, or did he have this conversation with Ho- with Altuve, and he's like, oh, now I'm going to start hitting for more power. I'm going to be this guy. I feel like I don't know. I, but one way or another, like, he's at this age right now where his swing is, is gone one way, and then they're coming out and saying, well, it's hard to change a guy, like Kevin Acey said on 1360 today. Well, you know, it's hard to change a guy, and, and he, may, he might not want to listen because he had success at triple a maybe he was confused so who knows dude who knows and like it's the constant fucking with this guy like i don't understand what was wrong with him in the first place like i never saw the idea like hey hit for power what do we need guys that get on base what did urias do we're giving on base 30 near 30 year old nick martini who is shockingly enough become a fucking fan favorite overnight because he grinds (laughs) somebody called him the greg garcia of outfielders i'm like oh god which is fine like it's a fine backup but like, we need, like, we're giving him a chance. Like, we're benching Will Myers, that poor bastard. We're benching poor Will Myers because we're trying to find guys to get on base in a season that doesn't mean anything. Like That's another thing. Ben and Woods talked about that today on um, San Diego's only FM sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. <laughs> they were mentioning that about, hey, Martini is getting playing time and Will Myers is riding pine. He's got to be gone. So it's kind of like, hey, do you want to let him play so that he can hopefully build some kind of value? Or, or figure it out and help Or do you cut it? your losses because, hey, if he uh. continues to play, he's going to get even worse and his value is going to be even worse. I'm on the side to where he needs to play. I agree. He needs to be playing every day. He's still no relatively what. young, right? Like Myers is another guy where he's... 
But like what? Martini, like what? The, why the fuck is he playing? Why is he playing? Like I've, I don't know. I, I watched the first major league team. I watched the first few games and I'm like, okay, like hey, yeah, he gets on base, he gets hits. He has no great. Pop. He has no pop. He has he's, no future with us. He's Greg so Garcia. What the fuck is he doing here? He's Greg Garcia, except I like Garcia because he can play up the middle. And Martinez is a corner outfielder with no punch. It's like, what is he doing here? I don't understand why he gets all these starts. Martini is like, worst case scenario, what Trammell's going to end up. <laughs> so he gets that's on scary. <laughs> that's scary. I mean, that's, that's, that's what... Tremel will be if he busts. I don't. Think I would rather bust, see but. Jankowski every day. Like, yeah! if you're gonna bench Will, play Jankowski, yeah. not Nick Martini. Fucking stick France out there. Jesus, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Platoon France. Like, there's ways you can get guys. I'd much rather see Will Myers because the reality is he's not gonna fucking the Bud Black method of I'm gonna sit Will Myers so he can get caught up with the speed of the game. I don't know about you, Eric, but I've never learned how to do anything or gotten better at anything sitting on my ass watching somebody else do it. I don't like, know. I've, I've never understood this guy. I watch a lot of man versus food, and I can crush, I can crush some burritos. Dude. Yes, but you have to eat to true. crush the burritos. Yeah, that's you can't true. watch somebody else eat. You learn how to eat by eating. You true. don't fucking learn how to eat watching somebody else do it. Yeah, right. Like it's just it, to me, it's like I wish I could watch porn and get better. At, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> We're gonna get away from that. Never We're gonna get away from that. Yeah, because my wife doing... sometimes listens. Yeah, She's gotta... like, God damn, I wish you would too. <laughs> Did you guys hear Eric's podcast? Oh. <laughs> she goes to work. Which reminds me, side note, and we'll get back to baseball. We're sitting there, and, and we went in for a, a, a sonogram or whatever, mm-hmm. or an, an anatomy scan. Because, And this is how I know that the kid's mine. The first one we went to, they couldn't get a clear picture of his spine because he wouldn't roll over. He's too fucking lazy. So I was like, yep, that's my kid. I know it. I know it. And so we're sitting there at the first one, and they're like, hmm, at this point right now, he should be around eight ounces. And he's 14 ounces. Good God Almighty! And so, and the tech, she's like, "Yeah, so I, I think he's gonna come early." And I almost said, "Well, that's a coincidence because that's how he was conceived." Oh, but, that was, <laughs> that's what she said, Ryan. You had it but, set up on a fucking tee. Yeah, I was like, "No, I'm not gonna do that to my wife. I'm not gonna." <laughs> what a coincidence! So did I. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely not gonna do that to her. But oh, uh, that was good. That was gonna lighten the mood. Yeah. Um. But no. Okay. So let's talk about. Well, you want to talk about swing changes, right? So. I am a proponent of making tweaks to, like, I don't think because a guy's an established major leaguer and he had success before that, it necessarily means he can keep doing what he's doing and eventually get to that point, right? Like, I'm watching Urias hit. Mm-hmm. He's made some adjustments. He looks like he gets into his leg kick and into his, like, set position before he moves forward towards the ball a little bit earlier. I still think his swing's a little long and there's some adjustments made. The other guy I wanted to touch on that desperately needs a swing change, which this is ad nauseum. Is Eric Hosmer. Now, I'm not going to shit on Hosmer for hitting the ground balls. I want to give Hosmer credit. He hits the fucking piss out of the ball. Really? Because I see him hitting ground balls the second all He day. does. But if you look up his damn exit velocity, which I was stunned to find out, I'm like, Jesus almighty. Is this on Savant? It is on Savant. So, you know, they have the uh, they have the charts, right? Like, right. that's you can look up the actual numbers, but it's cool to look at the charts. If you look up Eric Hosmer's uh, baseball Savant chart... His fucking hard hit percentage and exit velocity, his exit velocity is damn near, his hard hit percentage is damn near elite. I mean, more times than not, anything he hits is fucking barreled. Yeah. His exit velocity Especially is right when up there's there. runners on base. That's all he does is drive and run. The other day, I, I saw him like <laughs> fucking, there was a runner on third, second or third, and he got jammed or hit some fucking rinky dink. Chase Headley, Chase Headley level 98 hopper through the left side yeah. because the shift was on. And I'm just thinking, 
I can hear them now. See? He's clutching. Like, he just happened to fucking... And then you hear Sweeney go, Oh, you see Eric Hosmer going the other way with that pitch. You, he didn't go anywhere. He just fucking swung and happened to be late. Yeah. And he just got ducked for queefed out into left field. <laughs> he didn't do it on purpose. If he did, he would have barreled it. Yeah. Anywho. Um, so, you look at the exit velocity chart, right? Like, you have the halfway mark. His exit velocity is, from the halfway mark to the end, halfway on that point. Like, he's well above average as far as... Uh, I wonder how- what would happen if he hit the ball in the air. God knows, because I say it every time he hits home run just so people know I'm not a hater. Can someone, like, threaten his firefighter brother? Like, <laughs> stay away from him in the offseason, okay? <laughs> he doesn't need to work with you for, no. for his swing. No, he doesn't. We got but it. It's fine. I will say it just because people think, like, oh, you know, if you don't like the guy or if you criticize him, you must hate him. I think Eric Gosman, nice, he seems like a nice guy. And he can definitely hit. There's no doubt Like he can barrel up. We've seen him in BP. Yeah. Like, he can hit. This guy's a monster type of athlete. He could be. But it's like, flyball Haas is my favorite Haas. Yeah. Because when he hits a fly, like, his home runs are not cheap. Yeah. Like, left field, like, he hits in some deep ballparks. And he can take it out to left field at fucking Petco. He can take it out to left field at Oracle Park. Like, he can hit when he got when he elevates the damn ball. I don't understand, like, how... I don't have much faith in him going out of his way to do I don't it. either, and I don't have much faith in our analytics team or Preller himself or whoever sitting him down and, like, like this shit, like, works. People say players don't change or this, do this, and that. Garrett Cole was a fucking established starter when the Astros got him, right? And they traded for him, and they fucking flat out told him, we've been trying to trade for you for years. And they fucking sat him down. This is in uh, the MVP machine. Excellent book. Highly advised. Mm-hmm. They, they sat him down. He's like, I sat down after the trade. I sat down. The general manager, they had some of their analytics guys and the coaches in there. And I sit down. And they have all these like different charts, like heat charts, uh, heat maps, um, different things. And they say, you know, they tell me like they're happy to have me. They've been trying to get me in the organization. They've been trying to trade for me, which, of course, makes them feel wanted. Right. But even more so, they had all this different information that was not overwhelming, but saying like, this is how you've been pitching, which was his two-seamer, pitching down in the zone, yada, yada, the Pirates' flawed method of pitching. This is how we want you to pitch. Your fastball is elite, so we want you to work up in the zone, and we want you to throw your curveball more because that is your best pitch. And he said it. This was the first time I had ever heard in my career, like, this was my best pitch. This is the first time I felt like I know what I'm really good at, like, specifically, and that there's a game plan specifically tailored for me to go attack people. He did make a mechanical change. He had a little bit of different arm swing, but... Other than that, on top of, and that could have been just to get more spin, but like ever since he's been with the fucking Astros, the Pirates have looked like idiots. Right. Because they got Colin Moran, I think Joe Musgrove, who's good. Yeah. But I'd take it. Like fucking Cole's going to make $40 million a year. He's going to get a fucking $250 million contract over seven years or eight years. Yeah. And that's because he just went into a fucking team that identified what he's good at and used that to help him get better. Eric Hosmer. You hit the ball really hard, and not only do you hit it hard, you consistently barrel. You, your hard hit percentage is near elite. Like, you're near top of the league, like near number one guy. So, we think you can hit for more power. We know you can hit for more power. We know that if you hit for more power, you're gonna, you could be one of the top first basements in the league just because he doesn't strike out that much. And he makes a lot of contact. I said this last year. Like, he makes a lot of contact, right? I'll take a little bit of strikeouts, but he's good enough to where if he makes more contact in the air, he's going to be a fucking extra base hit machine. Yeah. Like, I 
realistically think Hosmer slugging 500, 530 is not out of the realm of possibility. But you got to send him down. Well, it is because he's not going to do it. It's improbable. Think about it. Going from last year into this year, he didn't do shit. No. And he's seen increase. He looks at the counting numbers, and he sees, oh, hey, you know, I did really good this and year. This, yeah. And and that's fine. And that's fine. But if he did that from, that year, from last year to this year, is he going to say, hey, I need to make a change? My question is, how do you handle that, right? Like, he's an established player. Like, Cole's an established player, right? So how do you get a guy like that? Verlander's a fucking prime example. We'll use Verlander. Verlander didn't have to change shit when he went to Houston. You motherfuckers wanted me. You traded good pieces off the farm to get me. Let me do whatever the fuck I want and leave me alone. You wanted me. I didn't want to come here. I came here to win. But I didn't want to be traded. I just happened to be in that position, right? Right. He didn't do that. They sat him down. Hey, we really want, we're really glad to have you. This is the information we have. Here's how we think you can help us get better and how we think we can help you get even better than where you already are. And all of a fucking sudden, Verlander's having this like fucking career. He's never bad. But he's having this career resurgence where he's as good as he's ever been. This motherfucker's pushing 40. Yeah, like, I don't think it's unrealistic. I, I think the idea that a player won't change is a fault of an organization for not sending them down and presenting information to them, A, that they can understand and absorb and understand how this is not only beneficial to the team, but more so them. If you tell Hosmer, like, look, we know we have you on a steal on your last three years. Like, this could be... Amazing for you. Number one, you can make more money. And even more important, like, we can win a World Series. Like, we need Hosmer to be more than a one-win first baseman. Like, we need him to be better than fourth in, you know, fourth to last in OPS for first baseman when the other guys are in their 30s. Like, Brandon Belt, Miguel Cabrera, and Albert Pujols, and then I think CJ Kron's the other guy behind him. Like, Kron's a fucking journeyman, and those other three are in their 30s, two of which are on the back end of their careers. So... I think if you sit him down and you go to the charts and like you say like hey like like we love having you here you've been great for the last two years like this is what you do really fucking well here's what we want there is employer too that's like here's what we want you to do because we think that will make you better which in turn makes us better which means we're all going to be happy and we're going to be making a lot of bonus money playing playoff baseball if you just tell him like we want you to try to work you know change your hand path because he does the same thing I've noticed as I've fucking gone down rabbit holes of hitting like. I look at like Justin Turner and then Will Smith, the Dodgers catcher, like uh, even fucking Bellinger and Seeger and how a lot of those guys' swings are tailored. Like, and then I like when their foot lands and how they're coiled before they swing. And then I look at Hosmer and even Urias, like it's night and day. The Dodger hitters are clearly working. Taylor, Chris Taylor's another one, clearly working under the ball. Hosmer does it. Hosmer comes from the traditional way back here. Come chop down. wood. Not chop wood, but like he has to, his swing doesn't come down like he chops, but. The, the path of his hands, like it comes down his shoulder, goes straight across his chest, and then just goes out, and then eventually rolls up because what other way are you going to go if you're not deliberately chopping wood? So I think to myself, like, man, if you could just get him to buy to, like, quote, like, quote unquote, swing under his shoulders, like work underneath your shoulders, try to work underneath the ball, and don't fucking pull back so far. Just try to work underneath and out in front. I'm thinking, like, this motherfucker can hit 30 home runs and 50 doubles every year with a 350 on base, a 500 slugging, and all of a sudden, we look like geniuses because we're not even paying him 20 mil on average. Yeah, that'll play. That'll play big time. That'll play. God, you mentioned Verlander, dude, and I, I remember how badly we wanted Verlander. Oh, the damn Astros. I just I can't <laughs> believe like the older he gets, the better he gets. So last year, he was worth 16 wins, and this year, he's worth 17 wins. It's just crazy. It's crazy to me. Wait, 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 wait. You son of a bitch. <laughs> 17 wins. He's worth 17 wins. He won 17 games. Shut up. And was that M-War? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Miserably, miserably winning above replacement. Yeah, that's that's so, how it goes. I mean, that, that's the other thing too. It's like I see he's not going to change. We he, know he's not. Like, he might every, change. Everything that you just said, like you're sitting there jacking your dick, like, oh hey, you know, uh, you're better, we're better, we all get bonus money. They're not going to do that. They why did say, Ver, then why did they Verlander can say change? that? They can say that he's not going to fucking listen. Why did Verlander listen? What makes Hosmer any different? Verlander, like. Hosmer's a good player. At the end of the day, when he retires, they're going to look at him like, yeah, he was a good player. That's he's something a- you need to ask Hosmer. Because history tells us he's not going to change. But the difference... The thing he'll is come out that- and he'll say the bare minimum to where we're like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. But- Hos is putting in work. Or, but- hey, man, Hos really did work this offseason. And then he's going to go right back to the same shit. But what information was his was his team giving him to tell him, like, hey, maybe you should seriously think about this? Because that's the other part of the equation, right? Like... It has to be both ends. Yes, the player has to receive the info and want to apply it, but as his employer, like it's AJ Preller's job and his analytics job and his coaching staff's job to present this in a way that Hosmer understands why he needs to do it. Not should do it, but why he needs to do it. There's a two-part equation because my question will remain. A Hall of, Verlander was a Hall of Famer before he got to Houston, mm-hmm. right? So why would we think Verlander, who's already making a ton of money, he's was going to be a free agent and make a ton of money anyways, He's won a Hall of Fame. He's won MVP. He's won a World Series. He's won Cy Young. Like, well, Hosmer's not going to be a Hall of Famer. But okay, if, he won a World Series. But so why the fuck does he care? Okay, why does he care? He has millions of dollars. Okay. He has a fat contract. And, why the fuck does he care? Why should why should he change? Why should Verlander change? Verlander had he all that. He won a World Series up and stuff. Oh wait, no, he had won a World Series. No, no, he had not yet. He they did. lost to the Cardinals. He, he had won a World Series but yet. For so him, he wants to win a World Series. But he That's had been his to legacy. the World Series. Yeah. He'd already been, and it's not his. Hosmer has too. He's not gonna change, dude. He's not gonna change. Like the way that I choose, I'm well. He probably love, won't change. I would love if he if he does, but I'm not gonna sit there and say, "Oh man, like hey, I'm really gonna hope for this." Because oh, I have it's no. It's not hope. gonna fucking happen. I have no hope. Like, like if if the, they get him to buy in, I'd be stunned. The but, way I look at it, and people are like, "Oh well, you know, he's bottom third of you know first baseman in the whole league," and I'm like, "Yeah, I get it." But then I look at it, I look at his overall numbers, and I mean, you can bring up WRC plus, whatever. I look at it, and I'm like. All right, like he's league average. Like for me, if I can get like if I can get a majority of the team to be league average, and you mix in a couple superstars, which is what we have, like I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. So the thing is, he's league average compared to the entire league, not his position, which I think is a more. What makes Manning so great is he's not only good; he's good next to his peers, right? Like Tatis is not just a superstar; he's a superstar shortstop compared to his peers. Like if you're gonna win. You have to have players who are above average at their position almost at every spot. Like, look at the Astros, right? Like, Bregman is an above average fucking third baseman. Um, Correa is an above average shortstop. Altuve is an above average second baseman. Fucking Guriel is like their worst regular. I, I don't know how Reddick's doing, but Guriel's like their worst regular. Like, he's probably like their Eric Hosmer. But <laughs> in center field, fucking Springer's better than the average center fielder. Yeah, who's their fucking left fielder these days? I don't even know anymore. Who yeah, knows, man. right? They just brought up uh, their prospect, it's Kyle Brantley. Tucker. Yeah, Brantley. Yeah. There you go. And even if you put him at DH, he's still above it. Like, Brantley's yeah. like a top three hitter in the fucking league. Yeah. Right? Like, y- you have to... If you're going to win, the stars the stars and scrubs model doesn't work. And I'm not saying Hosmer is a scrub because, you know, he's fucking out there putting up, like, Brad Hop numbers. But if your model is, I'm going to have two superstars on the left side of the infield and just hope to plug in a couple of above-average guys, like, that's not going to work long-term. Like, the Dodgers are above-average... Everywhere, and when they're not, they get rid of Brandon Barnes. See you later, guy. We found a replacement. So 
you put out on Twitter the poll, and I always laugh when you put out polls because I'm like, this fucking guy, dude. Well, I'm, I'm trying to so trying put, to gauge Padres Twitter for some content. You always put out polls, and I'm like, good god. You always complain I don't come up with anything, what, and then when I try to come up with something, you complain. What was your most recent one? Like, hey, uh, I had two of them. Well, here's my problem with your polls. I just wish that they were more simple. <laughs> I feel like I'm putting together a fucking Rubik's Cube when I read your goddamn polls. Like, <laughs> hey, do you guys think if uh, AJ Preller is the GM and the Padres win this amount of games, will Preller not not be the GM at this time? I like, didn't do, I only what did the that. fuck is this guy I, saying? I only did that if I have to put one way, time. Put this way. If I have to read your poll more than once to understand it, I'm not going to fucking vote. I only did I'm gonna it make one fun time. Of it. So the first one was... Um, I, get, I was actually surprised by the results. So the first one was, do you believe in the rebuild as in do you think... You know, the Padres are going to build a winner, like a world, like consistently win and get a World Series. Yes or no? And why or why not? The majority, I believe 69% last I nice. checked before we came on, um, believe yes, which I was actually surprised. Well, of course they're going to say that. They're, t- they're a fan of the fucking team. Yes, but I, the thing is that when you interact with people, there's a lot of people that question like if this is going to actually work because when you put us up against the Dodgers, you see like... How far away we appear, and I think they they could be closer than than what it looks like. Right, the Dodgers were a finished product when that fucking front office took over, and they just fucking continued to draft and develop really well and keep all their good players. I do think the Padres can get to that level. They just can't trade like if that if they're going to get to that level, they can't trade Xavier Edwards, right? Like they can't trade a guy just because he doesn't have a clear path to the big leagues. Right? They can't go out and trade Campisano or trade Mejia when the time when Campisano's time comes, right? Because the Dodgers haven't done that. So, but the Dodgers also haven't won a World Series. They haven't, but they've been. Maybe twice. sometimes you have to trade these guys to get a World Series. Yes, but did the Dodgers lose the World Series because they didn't like? If the Dodgers go out there this year, right, and like Clayton Kershaw goes and shits the bed, is that can, is that because they didn't make a trade to go get a fucking reliever? Like that seems to be their biggest need. And as much as people are shitting on the Dodgers, they're like. They, they just eliminated the fucking Padres from contention for the division. And they're like eight games away. Yeah. We're in the first week of September. So as bad as they might look because you look at it in really small samples, just this is what happened in this moment. Kenley Jansen sucks. Like, for the most part, he's not what he was. He probably will never be. Neither will Kershaw. But they're the best team in the fucking National League. You may as well pencil them in for the World Series because barring, you know, a team fucking coming out of nowhere, they're still the favorites. Whether or not they win the World Series, I think it'll tarnish the legacy of this front office that they have. But, nonetheless, they're still the favorites. Third year in a row, they're the favorites to go to the World Series. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned. do I think that... Yeah, do you have faith that this rebuild is going to turn into a consistent winner and, at some point, a World Series? So, let me look around Let winner. me look around the house. Let me look. Let me look outside. Look outside the blinds. I'm going to look to see who's listening, and I'll give my answer. Nope, nobody's listening. No. Oh, wow. No. Really? I don't. I lose faith every goddamn day. You are in the minority. I'm, I'm Congratulations, losing faith. Eric. You're a minority. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm losing faith every day. Every day I lose faith in this team. And I know that I shouldn't base my expectations on the future on this 2019 team. But the reason why I say no, and it's not that I don't think that we're going to be very solid... I look at other teams in the league, and there are fucking juggernauts, dude. There are fucking juggernauts. You look at the Dodgers. What do you think about the Braves? The Braves? I like the way the Braves are doing things. I think they'll win a World Series before the Padres do. But the Braves were basically the Padres two years ago. Like, I look at the Padres going into 2020 as the Braves were going into 2018. Okay. So, but now you look at the Braves and go, I like what they're doing. 
So if the Braves can do it, like we have as much depth as I they don't have know if time. I have faith in and odds are I'm going to be right because the odds are they're not going to win because yeah. that's just the pure that's just odds. The odds. Yeah. So for once I'm I'm taking the side that's going to benefit me yeah. the most and and I hope that I'm wrong but I look at it and these other teams do you look at the Dodgers you look at I mean you mentioned the Braves you look at the dude the fucking Astros man you look at they're the Astros loaded. and it's just like I don't know like signing Machado was fantastic bringing up Tatis to start the season to break camp was amazing but when I look at it and I look at what is really necessary to compete do I think that the ownership will do it I don't know I don't know it's a good step Machado was a huge leap towards that fucking but then, was a huge but then you have it may have been. then you have Grubner or you have Eric Grubner coming out like oh well hey you guys know we're still not profitable and they had another one of those fucking articles with AC and I'm like won't you guys just shut the fuck up and like and and tell us that we're trying to win i as a fan don't give a fuck about your profits i don't care no one the average joe does not care about your fucking profits you tell us hey you know we were really we were really hoping to put it out but you know what next year we're gonna do everything we can to put a winner on the field say that like say that don't tell me like oh hey guess what we're still not profitable um you know especially after the first year of paying manny because that tells me they're not going to go out and get coal and i know that there was the the whole they're you know, debt reduction and then they signed yeah. manny but it's just like you hear shit Manny like that. Manny fell into their lap. Let's be honest. Hosmer and Manny... Cole is not going to fall into their lap. No, he's not. Because the thing with Cole is that every team needs... Like, the fucking Nationals didn't need to go out and sign fucking Patrick Corbin. Because they already had Scherzer and Strasburg. They just went out and fucking did it because they could. But So, Cole is not going to fall into their lap where Manny had a really limited market to begin with. Particularly because teams viewed him as a third baseman. And it basically came down to... The shitty White Sox or the shitty Padres, which which was the better fit he chose? And that's Padres. how we've signed the last two free agents. Yeah, Hosmer's <laughs> the same thing. Do you want to go to the shitty Royals who have been fucking... As bad as the Padres have been, like the Royals have won a World Series, and that's great. But when you just take a step back and look at like the last 20 years now, like 2019 is the 20th year since the turn of the century, from 2000 to 2019, the Royals have been terrible. They had two amazing years, and it's been just surrounded... Buried in dog shit. Like, nobody looks at the Royals and think, oh, they won a World Series. Like, they yeah. they won a World Series and immediately went back into being irrelevant. Like, it was either that or hot lava talent. <laughs> I look at their team and I'm just like, I look at their team and, and I tend to think that I'm kind of well-versed in the minors. Like, I know enough yeah. about the minors and I'm just, I don't know if there's enough bats in there. And it's like, where do we improve? Like, I look at their team going into next year. The corner outfield positions, that's the main fucking place that you need improvement. Like, do you? people were mentioning trading for Hanniger. I like that. I do, trade, too. Trade for Hanniger. Uh, Chris Bryant's name got brought up. Trade for Bryant. Like, figure that shit out. But you need to upgrade. And, like, there, there's going to come a point, dude, where... And I know that we're all about, like, hey, keep the guys at 50 future values because that's what the Dodgers do. I'm not too sure about that because I look at these... I look at their fucking lineup, and I'm just not sure. Like, is Edwards going to be the guy... No. It, he might be. He might be, maybe, but we have so many maybes right now. You know what I mean? But he's not as much as a maybe as like a fucking... But he's a maybe. Would you agree that he's a maybe that's two years away? Yeah. Okay, I... so he gets up there, and then what have we been screaming? You need a thousand plate appearances before you can decide. So then you're looking at 2022, 2023, if not further than that. So well, it's just I don't like... think Arias' struggles in his first 200... I think this is... offseason, I think this offseason is going to say a lot. I it's really going to say a lot. Like, they're going to get me to see if, if I'm all in or if I'm just like, hey, you know what? 
I've bitched about this team being dog shit for a while. They're trying to be competitive, and it's more fun to watch because there's better players, and that's, I mean, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm fine with that. Like, I don't want to fall into that reality. I want to win the World Series, but I don't know if it's possible. Uh, number one, because I don't see the Padres fielding a $150 million payroll. And I think you need to be there. Like, you need to fucking be there. And all the prospects that they have, at some point, you have to consolidate prospects to bring in pieces. Like, I'm I'm getting to the point, and I love, I love dongs, dude. I love the oh, long runs. ball. Yeah, I love sir. the long ball. However... At some point, you need guys that get on base. Yeah, I like walks, too. You need I'm guys a, to get on base. I'm an Earl Weaver guy. You had Renfro. Yeah. You had Reyes. And, like, that shit didn't fucking work, okay? Like, get guys that grind ABs. Reyes That's what I want. wasn't as bad as Renfro. He's a little bit better. But you're right. Like, he doesn't. He didn't get on base. He did it. I he, like, you need motherfuckers to get on base. As much as I'm yeah. like, hey, Martini's a piece of shit. Like, he's not here forever. He gets. He's getting on base yeah. in his small sample size. So it's just like, get... On base. Earl Weaver had it right. Get guys who get on base so the big fuckers can go up and hit a three-run home run. Exactly. That's the, that, that's the mentality. Well, like people <laughs> that mentioned. The, that they have to have with the roster. But that's why I like that they're going out and getting guys. Like, you can say what you want. Like, it sucked to trade Fran Mill. But to get Trammell, who looks like a... T- like they say, like he's got a good approach at the plate. He's going to at least be an on-base guy who's going to be a burner. Maybe he grows into doubles pop. But it's like... That's what they need. Like, what Margot has been of late. Like, they need those guys in front of the table, in front of, like, the Machados, Tatis, Hosmer. Like, that's who they need in front of those guys. And behind I them. never thought I would get to the point where, and this was, like, a couple weeks ago, where I was like, fuck, dude, I'm kind of excited to see Jankowski back. <laughs> I never thought I'd get and there. he gets replaced by Martini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never thought I'd get there. But, like, at this point, dude, I'm, I'm kind of moving off the dongs. <laughs> and I'm like, dongs are nice. but Home runs are good when but you getting get on, on base. But be- getting on base is better. Like, they need it guys. It doesn't have to be either or. Manny Machado, like, Tatis got on base and hit homers. Yeah, that's like, true. It doesn't but have he's to also be Tatis. Or. Yeah. So, like. But Manny Machado, like, Manny, like, Tatis is better now than Manny ever was at that. It's not even fucking close. As yeah. a hitter, he's better than Machado was. And, like, Machado, I'll be honest, like, Machado's going to put up a three win season. That's, you, you mentioned, like, oh, what went wrong? Eh. Manny not being the five or six win guy we were hoping, and I think he'll get better. He next had a year. terrible August. He did, and he, he had a terrible had a rough August. April. Yeah, right? and I mean, there's, there's. Other it's factors. also his first year in the new. In I a don't think league. it's indicative of what it'll be in the future. But me neither. He, he did not perform at the level he did last year for the Dodgers and the Orioles, and that also has something to do he's with fine. it. But he's absolutely fine. I'm just pointing out. Um, but yeah, if you can get guys like that, like. This is like even if somebody brought it up, I can't. It might have been. It might have been Padres Farm and both Padres Farm and Pog Langford and another third we had going on about Hosmer. It's like at some point maybe you just fucking tell him like, dude, like, I don't care about the fly ball at this point. Just be really selective. Just just be really selective. Grind the fucking counts out. Just find one pitch you want a keyhole in on and just fucking like we want you to get on base. Like we want yeah. you to draw walks. Get base hits and get on base. Like, we don't fucking care about the long ball. And maybe that, and it, it plays to his skill set. So maybe you go that route and boot his on base up, right? Because they do need guys like that. I also think they need defense. I don't think you can have Josh Naylor lumbering around in the outfield. Like, no, I, terrible. I, don't, I don't. And I don't fucking think, terrible. I don't think he's ever going to be anything better than below average no. at best. And Josh Naylor's a 50 future value. He's a guy, like, if I had to say, like, okay. You know, we're going to move a couple guys. Like, 
We'll give you fucking Naylor Edwards and a couple of like other like high, like uh, Gabriel Arias. Like we'll package something like that to get like an arm or to get Hanniger. Like that's a move I'd look to make just because Naylor doesn't fit this roster of what I like like with versatility. Like if you're gonna trade Edwards, you still have Abrams and Tramel who both like Tramel looks or not Tramel, but Abrams is like maybe he sticks on the dirt, but if he doesn't, maybe he can be like our Chris Taylor. He plays short, he plays second, he can play center, he can play left, like. You have enough depth. He's still to far do it. away, though. Is he? He's at far the, away. At the, dude, he's already a fucking like top fifty prospect his first year. Right. He's still two years away, yes, but he's not that far away, right? Like we got Tatis, and Tatis is already here. So I guess. Um, but I think you're right. Now that was the first poll. Was do you think it'll produce a winner? Now, assuming you do, assuming you let's. See but I don't. Okay, you don't. But let's say you're in my because I think it will. I think. I think I think there's a solid chance, but overall, I don't. I think regardless whether or not they win a World Series, that's such a fucking crapshoot. Obviously, that's the goal. Whether or not they do, who fucking knows. God knows what could happen. But also, you have to look at at the team. Like, how long are the Dodgers gonna have a stranglehold on the NL West? Forever. Okay, so the Padres forever, in your words, their one route to the World Series is gonna be through the wild card. Now, I understand wild card teams have gotten there, but. Dude, how? Are they going to win the NL West? How did the fucking Braves all of a sudden become the favorite in the East when the Nationals have been absolutely fucking stacked? Same thing Look for the Brewers. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the Dodgers and where they're at right now. Look at the they're Nationals. They're not going anywhere. The Nationals said the same. The Nationals thought the same thing. The Braves are looking. Can you imagine being a Braves fan and you're saying, these motherfuckers have fucking Scherzer, who's a Hall of Famer. They have fucking Strasburg, who's a stud. Soto just came up and he's a fucking all-star. They have Harper. They have Rendon. They have Turner. They have this guy. They have the, they're fucking. They have the fucking Keyboom brothers. Like they're fucking stacked. And yet here we are. The Cubs are another team. Great fucking farm system. All kinds of money. They're fucking stacked everywhere. And the fucking Cardinals, I believe, are in first place. And the fucking Brewers are right behind them. So it's like, it doesn't mean like yeah, the Dodgers. Those teams are, also spend money. They do, but it doesn't mean well. The Braves really haven't. I mean, who they sign? They signed. They spent twenty. They kind of spent. They've kind of spent like random money. They haven't spent randomly. They've spent white. The Braves, like when people say we have to trade all these guys, the Braves are my example of. No, you don't. <laughs> the Braves didn't trade anybody. The Braves did like they spent twenty seven million, I think, in the offseason, and twenty five of that or twenty three of that went to Josh Donaldson, True. who has been a fucking stud, like I said he would be. Just yeah. want to point out. True. It's nice when I'm right one out of hundred times. True. But I look at the Braves. I'm like. They hung on to everybody, and now they're just fucking plugging away, and they're the fucking favorites to win their division. I think they're second in the National League and wins. Like, the Padres can get there. This against the Dodgers are always going to be good. doesn't mean the Dodgers are always going to be in first place. Like, I'm not saying that they should fold up shop and be like, well, no, all right, well, fuck not. it. I'm no. just saying, like, their path to the World Series is really fucking hard, dude. It is. It's really that's, hard. That's and, and any team. The Dodgers almost got fucking eliminated by a team whose ace was Yolis Chassin. True. Who just got DFA'd. So yeah, the idea true. is to get in because it's but such a But if we have to go through a bunch of one-game playoffs <laughs> to get there, I agree. that's where Craig Elson mentioned about, hey, worst case, or or uh, the fear is that we're going to be the Pirates. That yeah. could be us. I think we got a better system than the Pirates because they're, for whatever reason, terrible at developing their players, but... Nonetheless, um, I think the Dodgers are that fucking good. I do think I, I they're think, good. I think we should be terrified of the fucking Dodgers. Absolutely. They but, have the prospects. They have the analytics department. They have the money. They have everything. Yep. They have fucking everything. In the front office. But they are everything that the Padres wish they could where be. Where did I see it? I saw it somewhere. I, it might have been Sackbunt Dustin. Who, by the way, it's three bucks to subscribe monthly, guys. I highly advise it. Many Even subscribers. Danny subscribed. Yeah, it's excellent fucking, excellent fucking work. On the 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 sack button newsletter, but um, 
he had pointed out that the Dodgers being this good, as funny as it sounds, actually could benefit the Padres because from the Padres' standpoint, you're thinking like, when the Padres were competing, when Petco opened 2004 to 2007, it was like 88 to 90 wins can get us in, right? Yeah. That is in no way, shape, or form going to get you in now. Like, it might get you to a wild card. But if your goal, obviously the easiest path to the the easiest of paths to the World Series, all difficult, but the least difficult one is to win the division, right? Mention Elson mentioned it. You don't want to be the Pirates where you're just getting in the wild card games and hoping for luck because that's what it is in a wild card game, right? So the Padres knowing, like, we have to win 90 to 95 games a year if we want to keep up with the Dodgers. Like, if we want a fucking chance to win the division – could push them to... Con- yeah, let's do something that we've done, what, three times in our entire 50-year existence? Yes. <laughs> let's consi- let's consistently do that. But that's I'm like, so fucking that's sure. That's like judging current ownership on fucking Kevin Tower, or on fucking John Moore's that's refusing fair. to fucking talk I to Boris Plans. I know, I'm so, just, I'm just yeah. being a dick. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Tell me something new. Water wet. Yeah. Um, but I look at that, and he makes a valid point. Like, when people complain, like, I bring up the Fran Mill trade again, like... That Trammell trade is clearly done in a way to get a dynamic player who can contribute on all, in all facets, facets of the game as a way because they know we have to get as many dynamic, talented, well-rounded players as we can to get to that point. Because if we don't have those kinds of guys, which the Dodgers have fucking plenty of them, we're not going to get to that level. It makes me want, like, Naylor's probably the only guy that's at 50 future value or better that I'm willing to trade. Because I look at him, he's not as good, but I look at him as like Jordan Alvarez, right? He just doesn't fit. He's a fucking DH. He was barely a first baseman. Like, he just doesn't fit, and maybe you can flip him, ideally for something better than Josh Fields, because he doesn't fit, but you hoard the other guys, right? right. Like, you hoard, like, the reason the Dodgers are still fucking good is because when Seager goes down, they didn't trade their middle infield prospects to fucking get, like, a short-term benefit. They traded the guys they didn't need who were less than that, and now, oh, Seager's hurt? Okay. Hey, Gavin, go to short. Oh, fuck, we don't have a second baseman? Hey, Gavin, go to second. Turner's hurt? Gavin, go to third. Like, they keep these guys and still stockpile, and they got that fucking Jeter Downs kid who they got from Cincinnati. Like, they just stockpile, and they trade the extra guys, the guys who aren't those future value guys. The Potters have tons of those guys already. They already have in the system. Two are coming up next year, Goran Patino. There's two other guys that can help us. So, in short, all this rambling, I do think eventually this will produce a winner. I don't know if it will produce a World Series. It's a crapshoot. But I do think it will produce a consistently good team that can win 85 to 90 games just based on what's there, but they have to add to it. Ownership is fucking, we keep talking shit about them, but they spent the way they said they spent internationally. They had a lot of fucking money to get the system where it's at. They also fucking spent on Hosmer, flawed as it was, and they spent on Manny, regardless if it fell into their lap or not. Like, Manny was Chicago's to have. True. That was him. And they fucking, they came out with a limp dick. And he left. So, to this point, whether you care for ownership's fucking, you know, oh, we're not profitable stuff, I, I hate, hate it. That. I absolutely hate, hate it. it. Absolutely hate it. But, so far, they put their money where their mouth is. So far. Yeah, that's uh, true. So, I just don't know if it's enough. Well, that leads me to my next thing. Let's assume again it's enough, right? You're in my camp. Is Preller the guy that's here when that turns around and becomes a consistently sustained winning product? Is he the GM that's here when all these, the Edwards, Abrams, Trammells, Margot's, Urias, Tatis, France, you know, when all these guys finally like combine as a 26 man roster to produce 91 teams, is probably the guy that's here. Yeah. 
I think Preller is so entrenched right now, and I feel like I feel like you the, don't think he'll get the rug pulled out from no. under him if they happen to not no. make the wild card next year. I don't. I don't because as much as Ron hates that this isn't paying off immediately Even for after him, six years. I know, but you just said that they've been rebuilding for two and a half. I know, so but... So is it, is it six or is it two and a half? I'm just playing devil's advocate because I agree with you. I think he'll be here. But most of Potter's Twitter, based on the poll I put out, also, again, surprising results. I thought it'd be closer to 50-50, but they're, it's almost 70-30. Preller is going to be here when if when the team turns it around and sustains a winning product, which I was stunned because a lot of people say, oh, he's been on here six years and no, there's no job accountability. Like it's I a, get that. I get it too. Yeah, I do get it. I like, get it too. But at the same time, I feel like the way that the front that the front office and the ownership is, they view it as, hey, once Preller is gone, this whole plan is gone, and we're starting over from scratch, and we don't want to fucking do that. Yeah. So it's sink or swim Worked out with for the Preller. Braves. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's well. Yeah. It's sink or swim with AJ Preller. That's the way I see it. I don't think Preller's going anywhere. I think he's gonna fire Green, and I think that buys him more time. <laughs> which you guys were talking about that, but it's just. Dude, following the team, being a lifelong fan of this team, like this might be the most frustrated I've ever been because. Oh, really? Yes, dude. This is probably the most optimistic I've ever been. It's weird because I'm in both. I have one foot in each one of those camps because, yes, it's optimistic. Like they have the pieces, but it's kind of like, hey, we have all these pieces and there's different, like outside pieces you can take and everything fits, but at the same time, you have Stevie Wonder putting the puzzle together. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, I don't know. I. I don't that's know. A, and that's then I a look. Terrible indictment on Preller. And then Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Maybe that was a poor choice of words. No, no. I, th- I think. I but think then, it's fair. dude, it's exhausting. I look on Potter's Twitter. Like I'm on Potter's Twitter all fucking day, and yeah, I see too. all of these. I see all of these threads, and everyone has an opinion on how we're gonna get to the to the World Series, and it's great. That's what Twitter's there for. But for me, dude, I'm just like, I don't fucking know. I don't think any of us know. We all have an idea of the way that we want them to get there, but like. What purpose does it bring to anyone's life to sit there and say, they need to do this, they need to do that? That's discussion for something. If there's one thing Padres Twitter is, I do think it's a more fair... Drunk Rich put out, Drunk Flannery said like, hey, what happened when Padres Twitter used to be fun? Or do you remember? Yeah, or do you remember when Padres Twitter used to be fun? Before everyone started trying to be celebrities. But she said it it to be a dick, but I'm like, I'm thinking and I'm like, man, Padres Twitter... I still think it's fun. I think we're just It was more fun when we were drawing dicks on people and when we were making like stupid ass jokes. You're telling me it was more fun than the fucking game threads where the other team loses and we trigger other fans? Like, I get just as much enjoyment out of posting a final game thread when the Padres lose and dunking on the Padres as I do on, on other teams. Okay, so... So... I don't know, dude. Like, I was sitting there today, I was thinking about it, and I was like, maybe my fandom at this point is because I'm going to have, you know, we'll have a kid by the end of the year. Ah, the existential crisis. Maybe my fandom at this point is like, hey, they provide entertainment for me. It's something fun to do, and, you know, it's You whatever. say that, but you and I are going to be in a bar together when fucking Tatis throws over to Hosmer to close out the World Series. I'll tell you what, if Hosmer's on the team, I'm finding out where Hosmer's going. <laughs> That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> You remember when he picked up the tab and yep. KC? Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, baby. Yeah. You just tell us, Eric. Tell us, Haas. Flyball Haas is my favorite Haas. No, I mean, here's the thing. Like, and I think Padres Twitter is a better like pulse on how the fans feel than the front office would ever, other than Preller, uh, would ever give it credit for. Like ownership. Oh, it's just like we're not some like concentrated like small niche of fans. Like you get fucking ranging from casual non-analytic guys. Like you get like. Like, Craig Meddy is a great fan. He's not an analytical guy, 
But he's a great fan. But he's like, you know, he's he's more than a casual fan. He's a legitimate. I guess my exhaustion, lifelong fan. My exhaustion comes from the dudes like everyone shits on each other. Like, hey, uh, like you have Craig. Hey, I'm a lifelong like passionate fan. I know my shit. And then you have the analytical side. It's like, hey, you're a dipshit because you never cite WRC plus. <laughs> oh yeah, well you're fucking stupid because you can't calculate it. Rah, 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 rah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, fuck, dude. And I think I think part of it is that like. Craig just is who he is. He doesn't look at those numbers. It's whatever. But he's still a fucking Padre fan. Whoever you know, he's talking to, whether that's fucking Pod, Rand, uh, Lieberger, Lieberger, whoever it is, you know, just this fucking passionate fan, just in a different way. I just think we're all frustrated because, and I'm frustrated. Like, I've fucking checked out. Like, I know it's a bit that I don't watch the games. I watch the games. But it's to a point where, like, I was fucking like, like Tatis is here, like all these guys are here, and now I'm just like, I was fucking intrigued, glued. Now I'm just like, meh. And I think that's how everybody feels, and that's probably why there's more infighting of late than there has been, because I think we thought this was going to be the season where like we arrived and we're like pushing, playing meaningful games. Yeah. You know, whether or not we were going to be, you know, a wild card team, I don't know, but at least we know like, hey, you know, if we go 15 and 10 this month, like we could finish with 83 or 84. You know, wins. Maybe if we go twenty and five, like we. But I mean, that would have been progress, right? Because that's where we were open. Like, well, at least five hundred puncher's chance at the wild card, right? Yeah. And so it's like, hey, if we win, like, you know, if we go fifteen and ten, like, we could be in the wild card hunt. Like, we could be in it, like, till the last week. We're not there. Not only we're not there, we're not even near five hundred. The most exciting. They play- have a top ten draft pick right now. I know they do. Like in two weeks, we're gonna start looking at. Hey, well, we're gonna, you know, this is where we're gonna land. Yeah. Look at some of these college arms. You know what I mean? Like. That's what we're going to be talking about in two weeks. I never would have thought. And I think thought. that's why Padre Twitter has been as snippy as yeah. it has been of late. Because we all thought coming into like September. Like we were talking. I mean me and you were talking going to the July deadline. Like man who are they going to fucking trade? Like what are they going to do? And then they kind of slipped. Other than taking three out of four from the Dodgers. Like towards the deadline they just tanked. And then yeah. that was. And then they, they made the moves that they made. But I think that as a fan base we were all on the same page of. They could finish at 500. That's really exciting because it's still winning. Ba- like they're winning more than they're losing. They're in games. They're a competitive team because that's to me 500 or better is competitive. Right. And maybe they can get hot at the end, and we could be a wild like in the wild card hunt. Because if they're 500 right now, they're still within. I think right now they're within like nine games of the wild card. Yeah. So if they're 500, you'd be like, hey man, we still got a chance. Like we can still make a run for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're not. Like we're at like nine games. Like that may seem like surmountable, but we're not. We'd have to leapfrog so many fucking teams, and they're just not there. We're tired of the fucking manager. I think questioning if you want to hand somebody put out there, like, do you really want to hand like this player's development to Andy Green, citing like how he hasn't developed anybody? Like, I just think we're all over it. I think we're tired. I think we're ready for the season to end. Big time. Because the Potters are not where any of us thought they were going to be. No. I legitimately thought they were going to be 500, and they just. Yeah. They just haven't been. Well, this pod's already gone way too long. so It went way too long the minute you hit record. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys in, in a couple weeks. Um, I wanted to throw some some humor out there. And, and I know I fuck around a lot. I fuck around a lot. So if no one believes me on this, if you guys think it's a bit, that's perfectly fine. But I'm throwing this out here. I'm telling you right now. Swear to God, it's not a bit. Oh, no. I think I know what's coming. I swear to God, it's not a bit. And I'm throwing this out here on the podcast strictly for the people that have listened this long because we're about a, an hour and 15 minutes right oh, wow. now wow. so 
If you guys hear this and you want to shit on me on Twitter for it, it's fine. <laughs> Trust me, I completely deserve it. This is something that's been talked about for a while now, but I told you guys that we're going to have a boy. We're going to name him Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, we're going to name him Austin. So there you go. Let's there you guys. the whole go. name at least. Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, well, his middle name is Dale after my dad. So yeah. his first name is Austin. Swear to God, it's not a bit. So uh, go ahead. It let me have it. It legitimately is not a bit, guys. I can tell you right now. I am the fucking... Let me have I it. Am the, I am the inside source. It is not a bit. Yeah, and, it, and it's not for Austin Hedges. So. It's a nice name, Austin yeah. Dale Labu. It's Thank a you. lovely name. Thank you. I can't wait. Yeah, so bring it. <laughs> Let me see what you got. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We're out of here.